Hey, I'm Aldwin. And I'm Jason. And this is the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. New balls, please. Why I didn't get excuse me? Can you talk louder so everyone can hear you asking me about my drugs? I mean, if we had Hawkeye, you would be so freaking embarrassed right now. Well, how come they can say whatever they want to me? Oh, it's all talent. I don't worry. I just sit on the couch. I don't want to look like I am I going to be his boyfriend. This is what they paid for. This is what they want. Time. Ready? Play. Welcome to the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Aldwin. Yeah. <laughs> and we're here. It's a Sunday evening and there is just literally an abundance of things to talk about. We hope you are settled in for the next four solid hours of the Ready Play. <laughs> <laughs> He's joking. It's not going to be four hours long. <laughs> no, we would not do that to you. We know you have other things to pay attention to but hopefully for this next little while you're going to pay attention to some tennis because we have so much news to talk about the resumption of the tour uts has continued week two we're going to have some tea on this adria tour and the first (laughs) player openly to have tested positive for covid19 and he's a big name but first we're going to talk about our tennis play today after three weeks of me being injured (laughs) um it was interesting to say the least wasn't it i was i was so happy to see you in that regular parking spot across the street you know our usual ritual i was glad that your cairo gave you the green light to play and we played for a good like two and a half hours today Mm -hmm. Yeah, in the scorching, scorching heat. It was very heat, hot. Very heat. It was very hot. <laughs> it was very sunny. To be clear, Doctor Rob did not give me, cl- uh, clear me to play. <laughs> oh, he didn't. No. I, that's what you said to me. No, no. I think you misheard or assumed that because I was saying let's play that he would have said yes, but he he didn't. He said I'm seventy five percent better. I see. I would say the back was definitely better today, but that was not my problem today. (laughs) Um, I would say we we had a good hit. I felt uh, good. I felt like my movement was good. I wasn't thinking about the back as I was moving around the court. So everything uh, and like such as felt pretty fine. And we tried the UTS format. Yes, we did. First of all, I just want to say that we definitely lived up to our monikers today. Like, Jason definitely played like the Dorito. His short, cheesy chips were back into effect. In fact, a couple of times that he hit them, I was like, I saw that ball just dribble over the net. I'm like, here we go again. It's like deja vu. It's like a recurring nightmare that I can't get out of my brain. And um, the game changer. Today I play with a one-handed forehand. Yes, it was... Yes. It was uh, so we we played at two different courts. <laughs> what was the cl- the public courts we played at before we moved to East York? So those courts are called McGregor Park in Scarborough. Ah, okay. So Aldwin's at uh, the game changer changed back to one hand. Uh, I did, yeah. and uh, his one hander was on. I would say more at McGregor Park than it was at East York. 
I got tired. Yeah. So we we transitioned over to East York where we had a 12 to 1 p.m. booking, <laughs> and she got a little tired. I did. See, my going back to, again, one of our original podcasts is all about footwork. That first like hour and a half at McGregor Park, I was like feeling my feet. I was moving. I was Steffi Graf. I was hitting that forehand, you know, good um, arm preparation. And then by the time I got to, we got to EY, I was like just sluggish. And you can't and, be sluggish when you're playing the UTS format. No. Which is where we okay. played our match. Did you like it? Like, did you enjoy playing that kind of like basketball Pokemon format? <laughs> <laughs> basketball Pokemon. <laughs> so I would say as we were getting into it, I I like sort of that quick pace. I didn't know if it would be fun to actually play, but it was, it was fun to play. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I mean, fun wouldn't be the word that I would use. <laughs> Um, I like to take my time. Like, I'm very Mary Pierce in that way. Like, give me the full 30 seconds in between a point. Um, so, and also having the responsibility at looking at the club <laughs> wall clock <laughs> <laughs> to make sure that we were following the 10-minute quarter guidelines was also super stressful. But needless to say, Jason played very well for someone that had not hit a ball in three weeks. And then that concluded with something so sad. <laughs> I actually haven't gotten the update. Yeah, uh, for so that. Um, you can't see me through the computer screen <laughs> what's happening with my knee, but I did tweak it. Uh, something with the change of direction caused me to tweak my knee, so I do have an ice pack on it at the moment. Oh, okay. And how does it feel any better? Uh, no, it's sort of gotten a little bit worse since. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> yeah. So. Did you call? <laughs> did you call Marshall? <laughs> I, he he had texted me, um, mm. and I told him it's probably not a good idea that we play tomorrow morning. So, it is off. But we'll pl hopefully play later, uh, maybe towards the end of the week. Ah, okay. So not a three-week layover, you think? <laughs> like a layoff. It's not going to be another three weeks. I mean, I don't want to get into the pattern of injury, three weeks off, play one day injury. That's not, I know. That's not my jam. I know. You know what? I, I will take the W, though. I mean, I, Jason was truly on the way at, to winning our very first UTS showdown, the Dorito versus the, the Filipino Fury. But he tweaked his knee like right before his kind of the end of the fourth quarter. Yeah, there was literally, I think, one minute, 30 seconds left. And I was up 11-9. And yeah. you had just scored a three-point conversion, we'll call it. And right. another point you won. So there was two, <laughs> there was a, a minute and a half left. And I had to, I had to call it off. And I was up two I, quarters to one. Remember during um, our UTS match when you said, why aren't you using your cards? I'm like, bitch, I don't know what I'm doing right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> I could, let me just get a first serve, a second serve, even a second serve. Like, get me a, give me a chance to get a serve in, and then I can think about using those cards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, as I said to you, I was watching perhaps a bit more, and I realized that, I, I needed to play certain cards so I was I was just pulling the trigger she was playing well yeah 
I give that to her. She was playing well, so congrats. Uh, you can have the W, or we can share the we'll W. We'll share the W. Let's yeah, let's just do that. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds great. So from Potgate to now Kneegate, we'll see um, how long <laughs> how long I'm off this time. The- the backbone's connected to the knee bone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is what happens when you take a few weeks off. I don't know. I'm 42 years old. What can you? What can I tell you? Oh please, listen. If if there's an 85 year old German woman in you know, in Germany, <laughs> that can do gymnastics, you can play tennis and not get injured. Yeah, and I think what we can also do is when we're playing tennis at east york which is taking the necessary precautions is not get covid that's right and unfortunately that was not the case for some folks who were in belgrade last weekend and in croatia this weekend so let me just set the stage a little bit for our listeners jason and i got back to our homes i'd probably say around 2 p.m and we're like okay we're gonna we're going to just take a rest watch a couple of uts matches have more content for us to share with all of you at home and boom headline headline breaking mfing news yeah and just so we're clear it's sunday evening june 21st and yeah there was some breaking news and it was from our friend on the atp tour from bulgaria yeah grigor dimitrov former world number three currently world number 19 has tested positive for covid ah he's world number 19 maybe that's why he got covid 19 Oh, is it too soon? Is it is it, is it too early? Too, too soon. <laughs> <laughs> too soon. We shouldn't we shouldn't laugh at his stupidity. No, no, we shouldn't. we shouldn't. I mean, okay. And one thing that we should say before we just dive into this entire crazy, juicy, pulpy story is that obviously we're very serious when it comes to taking precautions. We did take precautions today, but this story that revolves around Dimitrov that will go into the tangent of where he, you know, he participated in the Adria charity tour that was organized by Djokovic, it is just a hot mess of irresponsibility. And it got me fuming. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we we agreed that we were going to read a story from The Guardian. Um that I'm going to pull up. Right. In the meantime, I'll just say that the way that Grigor announced that he was positive for COVID was through IG. And he essentially posted a picture of himself wearing a mask because now he's responsible. (laughs) Right. Now that he's, now that he's contracted COVID, now he's going to be responsible and wear a mask (laughs) with a peace sign, essentially saying, you know, I've contracted COVID-19. I'm back home in Monaco. I apologize to all those people that I may have come into contact with, and I'm very sorry for any pain I may have inflicted. Which is, I mean, the words are words, but I mean, girl, were you really responsible when you were shaking hands, playing basketball up in in that tour? (laughs) Okay, you know what? Go and read that article because I'm just going to go off on him. I'm coming for her. (laughs) Yes. So we're going to... We'll read this article... um, oh sorry it's from the telegraph 
and it will give you all of the context and all of the tea and all of the information you need to know about this tour. So just a bit of context, the Adria tour was a charity event hosted by uh, and in the country of Novak Djokovic and was, I think, to visit three or four different countries. And that is probably no longer going to happen. It ended this evening. So I'm just Mm going to read uh, this article. World number one, Novak Djokovic was among the players undergoing emergency COVID-19 tests in Croatia on Sunday night, this evening, after it emerged that Gregor Dimitrov, the Bulgarian who performed at the tour exhibition events over the past two weekends, had contracted the virus. Tournament organizers were forced to cancel Sunday night's scheduled final between Djokovic and Andrei Rublev as the players were ordered back to their official hotels for tests. So again, that match was to happen this evening. The possibility of contagion is high, especially in light of the breathtaking lack of regard for safety precautions that has been shown throughout the event. Um, Those breathtaking (laughs) lack of precautions included uh, an audience of 4,000 people, no social distancing, high fives, ball kids, no gloves, no masks, etc. Nada. Nada. Players have routinely been embracing and high fiving or playing contact sports such as football or basketball in between their matches. During the Belgrade part of the tour, which was last weekend, they were filmed dancing together in a nightclub with their shirts off. <laughs> oh, we missed that. <laughs> and with a strong field that also included Dominic Team, otherwise known as Dami, and we have more to talk about him in a second. Alexander Zverev, more to talk about him in a second. Marin Cilic and Borna Chorich. This one positive case could potentially have lasting repercussions. The Adria Tour was set up by Djokovic as a way of reintroducing tennis to the Balkans. The tournament put on a defensive statement on Sunday night, saying that at all times we have strictly followed the epidemiological measures in place. These are very limited in Serbia and Croatia because of the relative low number of COVID cases that have developed there. Yet, while no rules may have been broken, the devil may care attitude of the players, many of whom had traveled large distances to participate, always looked highly suspect and is now proven to have been simply irresponsible. In his Instagram post that showed him wearing a face mask, Dimitrov wrote, I tested positive back in Monaco for COVID-19. I want to make sure anyone who has been in contact with me during these past days gets tested and takes the necessary precautions. Hopefully he called all those people before he posted this on Instagram. Uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, he was around 4,000 people in Belgrade, so he couldn't have called all of them. In the Croatian city of Zadar, which I think is where the event was this evening, the announcement of the finals cancellation, again between Djokovic and Rublev, uh, was made by Djokovic's coach Goran Ivanicevic, who met this with is good. Yeah, this is good. Who met with booze from the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> Shocking. Uh, according to one witness, he replied, "I don't know why you are booing me." I'm not the one who is positive for COVID-19. <laughs> SMH. That's some crazy shit. 
Uh, Dimitrov's positive test is the latest PR blow in a controversial lockdown period for Djokovic. So if you want to go back to almost every episode of our podcast, you will understand why. Uh, Who has already expressed unpopular opinions about vaccination and the small entourage policy for the upcoming U.S. Open. Among other things, while also posting a video of a practice session in Spain that broke lockdown protocols. Uh, the venue for that session, the Porto Romano Resort, was forced to issue an apology. How do you wanna? How do you wanna break this down? It's a hot, a hot mess. Like I don't honestly know where to start. I'm like so angry on so many levels. First of all, I'm just gonna say this: when news broke that Grigor Dimitrov tested positive for COVID, people were already on the edge. Like all of our friends on the GLTA tour in the states, you are going to remain nameless because we want to protect your livelihoods. But they were like, "Girl, she is canceled. Djokovic is canceled," because, okay, so when he when he organized this charity tour he had come under fire because obviously photos were being leaked that there was no social distancing none of the things that jason talked about in that article and he said listen it's hard for people in the west to understand but the situation in serbia is much different and we are only following the guidelines of the government and health officials but you know what like any good podcaster i fact checked his ass (laughs) number one so he is technically correct The government did lift sanctions on lockdown and allowed people to meet and congregate outdoors. That is true. However, since then, there have been an increase in cases and health officials in Serbia, in fact, said that people should still be practicing anti um, like anti contraction measures. So social distancing, wearing masks. And if you take a look at any photo from that charity event, it was as if there was no pandemic going on. So again, this goes back, I'm I'm sorry, I'm getting so charged up. Like this goes back to like Novak Djokovic, you know, having so much clout, being a number one player in the world with so much responsibility and he just kind of shirks it off and he lives in this fantasy bubble where he believes that nothing can touch him. It's so narcissistic, it drives me cray cray. Yeah, he... We've called him out a lot on this show. We've done full Instagram stories calling him out yes. and calling out his behavior and calling out his 12 times distilled water. Something that, Novak, if you're listening, it is a remedy for COVID-19. So if you <laughs> start now to continue to drink that 12 times distilled water, you might be good. Or maybe if you meditate, you can change the viral composition of COVID and then not get it. Yeah. Like, obviously, that is a joke. But let me let me just say that, you know, my opinion is one that's shared even with certain players on the tour. So Kiki Burton's came out and she received a lot of press for her comments, kind of, well, not kind of, but criticizing Djokovic for his recent behavior. And she basically said straight up, I saw him taking photos with everyone and shaking hands with the authorities during the presentation of the Adria tour. She's like, how can this be possible? In which part of the world, maybe fantasy world, but like in which part of the world is he authorized to do this? So like he's getting some flack and people on Twitter were ruthless. Like they just came after him because it is so irresponsible. Like, girl, come on now. Yeah, I think... 
part of why he was able to host this event and have thousands of people come together and you know by thousands I mean like three to four but it's still a lot it's a big number not quite as big as Trump's rally on Saturday but <laughs> he was he was able to do it first before Trump so good for you Djokovic um, you know he obviously has a lot of clout and he's well respected in that country so perhaps he was able to skirt some of the rules and allowed to do something that others would not have been able to do because of who he is and what he means to that country and because he was doing it for charity that's the only thing i can think of but the fact that he was able to get a litany of other players to join in and be part of that sort of environment where everybody's feels like it's normal and everything's cool even though they have cases in that country daily it's just a bit tone deaf uh, and here's my thing too and I, di- I didn't plan on doing this but I'm going to call out all those other players particularly th- team let me tell you why Jason and I watched the team Tsitsipas uh, UTS match which was the last match on the docket today and obviously Murata Glue has gone to great lengths to make sure that his new format of tennis um, falls within the guidelines of practicing social distancing and all of that stuff to prevent you know, COVID transmission. Team finished that match and he ended up like, you know how you're not supposed to have contact with another player. So him and CC Pass kind of clinked rackets as a gesture of like good sportsmanship. I'm like, girl, come on, don't even pretend. A couple of days ago, you were like high-fiving, you were playing ball, you were standing next to Djokovic and all of those all of that crazy crew of people as if like nothing nothing was happening in the world and now you're going to practice like you know clinking of rackets and like social distancing because you're playing UTS like I don't buy a girl like you are you are a tennis star you have to understand that you you know your image reaches millions of people around the world and you have to show consistency either you're going to be crazy like Joko and don't give a fuck or you're going to actually really care and be consistent in the way that you you play tennis during this time. So yeah. that's that's just the way that I feel yeah. about that. I mean, what Alduin is saying is that it's going <laughs> to be very hard for us to not look at your booty anymore. But that's what we have to do because you have done the <laughs> tennis world wrong in this situation. I mean, listen, I still looked at that booty the whole time. <laughs> during the match. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, did COVID go in through there? (laughs) I'm kidding. But uh, to clarify, he has been tested and tested negative. Yes, that's important to say. Mm -hmm. He has tested negative. So we we were all over this this afternoon, and I was just so juiced up that I took to our Instagram and uh, posted (laughs) uh, the picture of Gregor with his mask, convenient in his mask now he wants to protect others because now he has it (laughs) as opposed (laughs) to assuming which is what we're supposed to do and then I posted a cute poll on our Instagram asking people to in a fun way guess who who among the players who were at the Adria tour (laughs) last weekend would be next in line to contract COVID-19 and I tagged all of our friends now 
Dami <laughs> Zverev, Borna Chorich. I forgot. I forgot about you, Chilich. I f- didn't realize you were there. And then Djokovic, and somebody looked at that. Zver- Zverev looked at it, and I know this to be true because remember in previous podcasts we talked about bots watching our stories and them only watching the last in a series. Zverev watched the whole thing, so I I think that he watched that 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 story that we put out and he was sweating a little bit he like he better clean up his act yeah he better he's uh yeah he's part of this new generation i am just waiting for him to respond to our poll though i know maybe he's maybe he's gonna say himself i don't know (laughs) do you think (laughs) i'm i think he's probably hoping that it's not him but yeah we don't obviously we don't want anyone to contract it but again the buffoonery just makes me crazy i'm gonna speak for myself Mm -hmm. i mean we obviously have gone through this sort of exciting week where we're realizing that the tour uh, is going to resume and we're getting excited about the idea of tennis returning and we've sort of at the same time been watching UTS and seeing what was going on the dichotomy of those two events UTS happening the distancing you know the coaches up above wearing masks and then the charitable tour with Djokovic with no well a seeming disregard for anything that's happening in the world right now and what's the end result what's the end result yeah oh we know we have a we have gregor the lovely gregor now in in bed wondering all of all of whom he was in contact with you know if there's something positive i mean other than his test results that can come that can come out of this (laughs) it's that he unfortunately is kind of like the symbol now like you know you know how people say people don't take things seriously unless it hits close to home and for the tennis world they now have a face they now have a person that's contracted it and like maybe people will slow their freaking rolls mm-hmm. know what i mean yeah jelly bean know what i mean jelly bean yeah i mean we could go on and on about this whole thing but i think we have done it justice hopefully people will learn from this particular situation and you know i was watching uh an event before we started recording and um of course you know the theme of the last few episodes is how much jason watches wrestling so we were watching a wrestling (laughs) i was watching a wrestling documentary related to the undertaker who's sort of nearing the end of his career and it was showing the lead up to what are now mostly his one match per year events at wrestlemania and wade commented and said that that kind of event is is not going to happen for a long time meaning with big crowds and so you know as we get into this idea of the resumption of the tour and the fact that the u.s open uh, is happening with no fans it's something that we have to perhaps prepare for for the foreseeable future maybe even beyond 2020 yeah i think i think so i think i you know when we were talking about adjusting to a new normal a couple of months ago people didn't have a concept of what that 
or how long that would be. I think we're in this for the long haul. I mean, between finding a vaccine, testing a vaccine, making sure that there's access to vac- to the vaccine, you know, no one, I don't want to sound fatalistic about it, but truly no one is safe. And we, here's my thing. It's like you and I played tennis today and we practiced all of the, all of the, you know, practices that kept us safe so that we, you know, keep our family safe. You keep your husband safe. I keep my mother safe. And it really grinds my gears to think of these people in a seat of privilege thinking that it doesn't touch them. And so if public players are taking it upon themselves to be responsible, then the tennis players at the top have to be just like the president of the United States. Leadership comes from the top. So, girl, if you're number one, you better act like you're number one, period. Yeah, that's we're talking about you, Joko, again. (laughs) Number one in the world. Number one in creating the first COVID-19 pro tennis player. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, um, what did what did you think of those folks playing soccer volleyball next to us? Those people, there was like ten. Just to, you know, before we get into this other stuff, there were ten people playing volleyball or soccer in front of the tennis court beside us, and you know, I assume they're all part of a family and stuff. But that was a bit obnoxious. Yeah, I mean, it was obnoxious. Um, they shouldn't be playing soccer on obviously a tennis court that goes without saying they could break the net ruin it for another person like Jason did a couple of weeks ago (laughs) Um, so yeah I mean it was a bit annoying but like was I going to go up over them and be like hey you shouldn't be playing soccer on a tennis court and risk getting beat up no sorry (laughs) I'm not about that it was more not about it I was commenting more on the the lack of distancing in that group but oh yeah oh (laughs) (laughs) but that's okay were there 10 people? There were. There was actually uh, exactly 10 people. You counted? Yeah, I counted. Guys, be careful. Jason is the police up in here. <laughs> he's going to make sure. He's very good at like making sure that people follow the rules, like public rules. So if you are out in public and you are not following the rules, he's going to think very poorly of you. <laughs> so keep that in mind. Keep that in mind, mofos. So as we get into this idea of the resumption of the tour we know that it's happening beginning august 13th and on mm-hmm. oh sorry august 14th and unfortunately that means our fair tournament here in toronto the rogers cup is now officially canceled in toronto what do you mm-hmm. think about that well that's super sad i mean Rogers Cup is something that we all look forward to here in Toronto every year. I love either taking the bus to York University or you drive me there, you know, spend $25 on a bottle of Peroni, watch our favorite tennis players in the side courts. Just it's yeah, it's super sad. Yeah, I think the Rogers Cup is a very cool tournament. It is a Masters 1000 event for the men and it's a premier event for the women when mm-hmm. it's in Toronto so it's a very the stadium fits about 10,000 the main court but the side courts where you get to see a lot of the top players close up is a very intimate experience especially that grandstand court so it is yes. sad that the Rogers Cup isn't happening they always host pride night on the Wednesdays and we always hit that up right. so 
Yeah. Oh well. Wah wah. Wah wah. We will see you next year, Rogers Cup. Hopefully. 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 Yeah. But um, the tour is happening, and it mm-hmm. will resume in for the men. Washington, the Western and Southern Open, usually in Cincinnati, won by my boy Daniil last year <laughs> will happen actually concurrently well not concurrently it will precede new york uh and the u.s open but happen in new york followed by the u.s open and then a, a revised sort of clay court season with madrid rome and the french open yes Yes, the the WTA proposed calendar is exactly the same as Jason proposed. Um, sorry, exactly the same as the ATP calendar that Jason just mentioned, with the exception that the ladies are actually starting in Palermo on August 3rd. And after the French Open, uh, remember it's my birthday time, September 27th, um, then the ladies are going to go to Asia and continue the Asian swing as per usual. Mm-hmm. Usually ha- it happens like that every year. And, you know, one of the things as we try to move on from Djokovic, but it's hard because it's just so, (laughs) (laughs) so much, there's so much he, the hypocrisy of him complaining about some of the, the regulations and, and having a bit of concern about coming to New York to play and not being able to have, you know, the the myriad of people that are part of his entourage join him you know the fact that he those are his concerns when some players don't have that capacity and maybe just want to play their first u.s open Mm -hmm. is a bit again just arrogance yeah and you know what he i mean he's also he also has been on record saying on the on the flip side that the um, precautions that they're taking at the U.S. Open, he called extreme. Uh, extreme girl, <laughs> do you read a newspaper? Do you know what's going on in New York right now? Like, of course they have to be extreme. And listen, the USTA. I mean, I don't know what is going on behind closed doors. You bet- between the USTA, the ATP, and the WTA tour, but they are trying to provide tennis in a safe environment, and that. I think that they are being leaders in that respect and showing other tournaments how you can have a tournament, the cal- the caliber and the size of the U.S. Open um, for the fans, for the players, but also do it in a safe way. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. and I, th- I, I think so. I And I don't know if his thoughts or opinions have changed, but when he talked to the media over there in Serbia... Um, he said that most players that he's talked to were quite negative about entering mm. the U.S. Open and that for him, <laughs> as things stand, he will most probably continue his season on the clay beginning in September, which means mm. he perhaps feels, and that speaks to what he said, that about the perception of things being a bit safer in Europe versus what's going on in North America but now he's dealing with the fallout of one of the players who attended his event last weekend and that he played basketball with and had his shirt off with <laughs> and uh, all everything and like such as testing positive for COVID-19. So I wonder what his opinion is now. 
Yeah. Well, I can tell you right now. I mean, I think you read the statement as well. Curios is kind of in the same in in the same boat. Like he, I'm not sure on what platform he shared this, but he um, he said, "SMH shakes my head. People that live in the U.S. of course are pushing the open to go ahead." to go ahead selfish i'll get my hazmat suit ready for when i travel from australia and then have to quarantine for two weeks on my return i mean it's very in the style of curios to be dramatic like that but okay that's fine we, we get you I, I, I yeah i mean i think i think he posted this on on his twitter account and mm. i wonder what he is going to have to say now because you know <laughs> you know how much he does not like Djokovic, so he's he might Hopefully he has a a bit of a heart, um, unlike us today. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, I'll be interested to see what he has to say about Djokovic and the twit on the Twitter and with against all of the other players who are at the Adria tour. Yeah, I mean tomorrow is going to be I think a litany of players on both tours just sharing their thoughts. I mean, at least the vocal ones. Of course, there are some players that are not going to want to share what they really think. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what comes out tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And what do you think about some of these players coming out and saying sort of fairly soon after the tour resumption was announced on Monday about Mm -hmm. their intentions to play or not to play? Like what... like what do I think about their comments? Yeah, like well, we know that Halep has said that she does not intend to play. So she's, I guess similar to Djokovic, she had no, has sort of said that she doesn't intend to play the U.S. Open at the moment. But the situation in, is fluid, and if conditions change, she might decide before the deadline <laughs> in mid-July. So like basically a non-statement. I love you, Halep, but like make a decision. Yeah make a decision yeah i mean we both read that together and you said right off the bat you're like what was the need for her to say that you're basically (laughs) saying i'm not going to play but if things change i'm going to play so then make the decision when you make the decision like who needs to hear that (laughs) um i mean serena clearly is very excited she posted on her ig that she was going to participate the u.s open she wants that 23rd grand slam title let me tell you that she oh no 20 24 she wants to tie my margaret court i think Mm -hmm. she's she's gonna tie margaret court i mean if there's any year for her to do it it'll be this year because who knows how many of the top players are not going to be showing up yeah i mean garbini and muguruza is taking selfies in her bikini in her bright blue bikini and in her braids (laughs) in her braids hashtag urban nights is what she calls I mean, a bit tone deaf, <laughs> if you if you ask me. But you know what? Probably in Spain. I mean, who knows what what's going on in Spain? <laughs> I mean, they they have they have they have enough COVID cases to be concerned with that they have, probably have no clue what's going on in the United States. But th- she that's was maybe like she was on vacation somewhere else though when she posted that. Wasn't she like in Germany or something? I, I don't know. I didn't I didn't pay mm. attention to where she was. Germany in a bathing suit on I, the on the water. No, I well. I think oh no the urban nights the yeah, urban nights post that was a different that was a different tone deaf post <laughs> this is what okay you know what if there's a theme for tonight's podcast it's like didn't anyone tell you this was a bad idea <laughs> that like that's my thing it's like you have 
all of the resources available to you. You have an entourage. And yes, it is very possible that you surround yourself with yes people, but there must be one person in that whole gaggle of people that thought to themselves, you know what, girl, maybe you shouldn't post a picture of yourself in braids and call it Urban Nights. Number one. Number two, you know what? COVID cases are not completely eradicated in Serbia, so maybe it would be a bad idea for you to pack a stadium with 4,000 people <laughs> right right after lifting, you know, sanctions. Yeah. Like, did no one tell these people this was a bad idea? Well, I think in in the case of Muguruza, and mm. I'm going to say it like that, Muguruza, <laughs> you, you can't always take people's phones away. You know, ask everybody who lives in the United States. They can't take President Trump's phone away. Fair. So he posts things, and <laughs> she had her phone. She got cute with some braids and then called herself out as being <laughs> in an urban night. And she did them braids. And then she got called out by people on her post for not paying attention to the world. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, I don't know. If you're in her position, what looks worse? For you to post it and keep it up or for you to post it and take it down? I mean, that's another kind of angle. But whatever. You know what, Mugu? Listen, it. I don't know this for certain, obviously because I'm not with you, but I don't think that she had malintentions when she posted that picture. But, I mean, it's a good It's a good teaching. A good As a teacher, I always look for teachable moments. <laughs> so this would be a teachable moment for her. Yeah. Let her educate herself about what is going on. Yeah. Okay, girl? Because you putting on braids that you've... I have never seen you wear braids like that before. <laughs> and then calling your post Urban Nights. Like, let's just... Like, I don't know. Maybe it's very obvious to me as a person of color or whatever. But I don't know. I just thought maybe a girlfriend was like, hmm. I think that one before you post that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> think before you post. That's. Or think before you post. Think before you host. <laughs> <laughs> the Andrea tour. So w- before, you know, we've talked about the tour and we're sort of bouncing a bit back and forth. But one thing we forgot to mention was we did post that photo. You know, after we did the poll, we posted that photo uh, of Dim- uh, Dimitrov in the center with sort of Zverev and team on his right and Troitsky and Djokovic Troitsky. on the left. That's his name. Yeah. I forgot who he was. And, you know, saying that we hope nobody else uh, is gets COVID-19, but this is obviously very sort of careless. And the Adria tour actually... Yes. Oh my goodness. To our post, and we how almost could for- we forget that? Yeah, we almost forgot. So we should read this. So this is the an official statement that came to our podcast. Mm. You know, and I think it's important that we read it. So I'm just gonna pull it up on my phone. One second. That's actually really good that you remember. That was, I was pleasantly surprised. That the Adria tour took the time, and by the Adria tour, who is the Adria tour? First of all, like who is the is it Goran Ivanisevic? Is he tired of hearing all of the booze like coming through his ear? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I was very surprised that they ended up replying to us, but you know what? Like that is 
a measure of responsibility. Yeah. There is someone there is someone on IG that has has raised real concerns about your tournament and now you're going to reply to them and here she goes. So my post said physical distancing question mark nada. We hope <laughs> <laughs> we hope no one else gets sick. Had to do the poll though. So we had we did the poll to see who who would contract COVID-19 next and to see who who would guess whom. And the photo includes uh, from left to right teams, Zverev, Gregor Dimitrov in the middle, who has tested positive, uh, Viktor Troitsky and Novak Djokovic, all of them sort of within six to eight feet of one another. So the Adria tour responded and they said to us, we are sorry for the outcome of this situation. We truly hope Dimitrov will be fine. So far, no one has reported any symptoms. So I assume no one meaning the other four players, not the other <laughs> 4,000 people who were in attendance. Right. The whole idea behind the Adria tour was raising awareness and funds for charity organizations to show that the sport community is thinking of less fortunate, especially in this difficult period. We want to believe that everyone will be fine. Thank you for understanding. Uh, that's lip service to me. We uh, want you for... to believe that everyone is fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, you, we well, do you too. better believe that everyone's fine. I mean, listen, if, if there's one last thing that I'm going to say about the Adria tour, it's this. If you really cared about raising funds for your charities and you wanted to run a tournament, and even though the government lifted sanctions, you could have done it in a responsible way. You didn't have to fill that that 4,000 you know, capacity stadium to the tits. You didn't have to. You could have enforced people wearing masks. Sorry if you don't have a mask, you have to go get one or provide masks. None, like, none of that was present for this tour. I would be very curious to see actually what the pictures look like between Belgrade and Zadar, but my guess is that they look the same. Basically, mm -hmm. like no one practicing any of that stuff. Yeah, I do agree that they should have, if if they were, you know, following the rules and they were able to host the event in that way, that they would have said, oh, okay, well maybe just to be safe, we'll fill the arena to 30 percent capacity or something and still require people to wear masks and you will follow all of these other precautions on court but none of it happened they played doubles different with, households with with your girl yelena yeah i i had to really take a close look at her face to make sure it was still her to be honest with you <laughs> i mean listen she also had like one little dread coming from the back I thought she was making a comeback, to be quite honest. I saw the headline come up on my Google feed being like, Yelena Yankovic takes the, for, takes the court for the first time in like three years. And I was like, oh my God, she's back. Yay, she's playing in a WTA tournament. But no, that girl came back from extended dental surgery. And for anyone that doesn't know what that term means, extended dental surgery means you got some work done on your face. <laughs> and again, again with the theme of tonight, did no one tell her that it was a bad idea to go to do that much? Like, no one told you it no. was a bad idea to do that much. Yeah. I didn't anyway. know that she was not retired. She, I don't think she actually officially has retired yet. Ah, uh, yep. And there was some, she had some talk with the media about being unsure and, and I guess still in some ways considering a comeback. So, right. you know, she's your girl. You had that moment with her at the 2000s 
seven French Open, maybe I did. you'll have another moment with her soon and her new I, face. I did. I listen. I I show. I want to show her some tough love. I mean, I'll tell you what she was sure about, though. She was sure that uh, <laughs> a mask wouldn't fit on her face, her new face. She was sure that she was going to wear that nice tight red dress up at the club, <laughs> when where she was not social distancing with any of those players. Uh. Anyways. Anyway, w- maybe we should move on. So, one <laughs> enough, enough about this madness. We're going to hear more about it. I'm sure we're going to probably cover it in more episodes. But I wanted to, I told you I wanted to do this. So, as we think about the tour resuming, and I know the statement from the ATP said they're going to sort of follow the health guidelines of wherever the tournament will be as the deciding factor of whether fans are there. So I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about my my favorite match of last year, which was the number three match of the ATP Tour list of the top matches from 2019. And it was Ooh. my favorite match because it, it featured somebody sort of new um, which oh, is Daniil, Daniil yes. Medvedev and mm-hmm. Nadal in the final. And as we all know, he lost in five sets. Uh, but what he said was sort of interesting as we think about the resumption of the tour. So I'm going to read you some of what he said in his speech uh, at the end. So, you know, he t- he started... Um, what I'm reading is sort of the start of what he talks about sort of fighting back in the match. So... He said, I have to fight for every ball. I had to see how it goes, and it went far, but unfortunately it didn't go my way. I want to talk about you guys, referring to the fans. I know earlier in the tournament something kind of bad happened, and now I'm saying it in a good way. So he had that bad, remember he had that interaction early on in the tournament where he was mouthing off to the fans and didn't have a good reaction with him? Mm. Uh, so he goes on to say it's because of your energy guys that I was here in the final Uh, I mean tonight it's going to always be on my mind because I played in the biggest court in tennis world uh, and in the third set where uh, as I say I was already thinking of which speech I was going to give you guys were pushing me to prolong this match because you want to see more tennis and because of you guys I was fighting like hell uh, it was an electric atmosphere. So he says it's electric. Uh, you you guys were booing me before, um, and I never said it was for a good reason, but you guys see <laughs> that I can also change because I'm a human being. I can make mm. mistakes. And again, thank you very much from the bottom of my heart. So I think what he was trying to say is it's because of the fans that he was able to fight in that third set and win that third set win the fourth mm. set and almost win his first grand slam. So my question is how the is the tennis can the tennis possibly be the same? And is is there a possibility of an outcome like this in a final when that energy just isn't there? I mean, no. Uh, we've talked about the ab- about it on our podcast before. The third player in a Grand Slam top to any match, any tennis match, is are the fans, the crowd. It adds that extra element, and so that's why 
spectators at home get so juiced up because how many times have you watched a U.S. Open match? I'm going to give you one other example. Steffi Graf versus Monica Seles, 1995 U.S. Open. It was Monica's first Grand Slam final that she made after her stabbing against Steffi Graf, whose fan was the one that stabbed her. There was so much fan involvement in that match. I'm like, I'm actually getting goosebumps thinking about it. So, I mean, to your point, to your to your question, no, I don't think that you can replicate having, you know, tennis these days without, it's not going to be the same. But again, we're all trying to adjust to a new normal. Maybe we're going to find circumstances where there's, a lot of personal stuff on the line for players and they draw that out and we feel that connection with them at home but yeah i mean we're gonna miss we're gonna miss the fan interaction that's the best part especially at flushing meadows because they have some of the craziest fans mm-hmm. yeah i mean they have th- i watched that match again because i'm moving and i'm gonna lose my bell box and i have to delete these things anyway so oh no yeah so i've had this match on my box and i've watched it probably three or four times since since having watched it live that september sunday and there's there's this thing that happens in that particular match where yes something flips for the crowd and they want more tennis and they start cheering him this guy who you know 10 days earlier they despised because he did something terrible or you know flipped off the fans and now he's you know building his energy on that crowd and like hitting with abandon he starts serving and volleying in that match which is not something I think he typically does but he knew he had to shake things up or it was going to be a straight sets and he was going to be making that speech so Mm -hmm. yeah I mean we very quickly we talked about okay I'm going to pose the question to you who in your opinion in the history of tennis used the fans to his or her advantage the most and 99 times out of 100 used it to his or her advantage to win I mean Andy Murray tends to do that well Mm. I I think back to that Jimmy Connors run Jimmy Connors in 91 yeah Jimmy's Jimmy is the perfect example of a person that draws the fans in he he gets electrified by the energy and he ends up performing. I mean, he he was what, 40 years old when he made he was that semifinal? Thir- he had his 39th birthday, I think, during that tournament. Wow. He looked old. We don't look that old, though. No, he, yeah, he he looked older than, I guess, Federer does now at 39. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think the resumption of the tour, we're all looking forward to it. We're balancing these many plates of UTS happening and it's sort of going on for a couple more weeks the COVID tour which has now (laughs) concluded its run aka the Adria tour cancelled cancelled and then the resumption of the actual tour which looks fulsome and complete like other than those uh, tournaments that would have been uh, in the spring of like late April through May moving mm-hmm. to September along with the French Open it seems pretty uh, pretty much the same 
You know, one question I think as a teaser for ourselves, for us to do research on and for our, you know, listeners at home is, you know, obviously in this situation, you're not going to get full participation from all of the players. So what happens then to their ranking? Like if you're not able to participate because of restrictions that have been laid upon you in your country, are you going to have a protected ranking? Let's say, for example, you you did really well when when deep in that tournament last year you have points to defend i mean that's the case of players in the wta tour so are is the wta tour going to think of a new scheme to you know adjust points mm-hmm. and such i mean who yeah knows? i mean that that was to to your point that was one of the questions i saw in a post recently about rafa and the, mm. the amount of points that he has to defend in such a short amount of time i think it's like close to five five or six thousand because he won the u.s open he won rome and he won the french open and those tournaments run from august 31st to october 11th yeah it's cray cray yeah and as i'm playing with my hair on this video i kind of look like rafa right now (laughs) a little bit (laughs) well you know i think we've beat a dead horse (laughs) <laughs> the, did he all, have covid we, <laughs> let's hope not let's hope it doesn't pass from horse to human um <laughs> uh, we really appreciate everybody who's engaging with us and listening to us yes. and liking and sharing and subscribing and if you're not please please do that and tell us what you would like to hear from us uh we're just trying to keep it cute and funny and entertaining uh and about tennis Yes, um, we are always, well, I'll speak for myself. I'm always on my phone, so don't be a stranger. Let me know what's going on. Let Jason know what's going on. Like, we're always up for some interaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, and we're all also up for keeping it juicy. And as you can tell, this <laughs> week was very juicy. And I suspect the fallout from Gregor contracting covid and people sharing their opinions and how that might impact the resumption of the tour and what people might feel about uts continuing with team playing there team was at that adria stop with gregor and then traveled to nice for uts so so much happening we're gonna talk about all of it and keep it cute bye until next week Hey, it's your serve. If you love this episode, be sure to give us a five-star review. And don't forget to share it with others and let them know what all the racket's about. See what I did there? And don't forget, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Ready Play Tennis Podcast. See ya!